0: Acts chapter 5, if you would stand in honor of God's word. Verse 26 to 28. Acts 5, 26 to 28. Then went the, chap- the captain with the officers and brought them without violence. For they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did we, straightly, did we not straightly command you, that you should not teach in this name and behold you have filled jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us we told you not to teach in this name you filled the city with their doctrine and now this man's blood be upon us simply want to talk to you today we're still in our series belief on the doctrine we preach the doctrine we preach let us pray one more time father in the name of Jesus we're asking you today Lord as you touch our hearts and our minds help us Lord God to be open to your voice Let the anointing of your Holy Spirit let God bring life for the letter kills but the spirit brings life and so God open our hearts and minds to receive your word To the glory of God, empower us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's clap our hands and thank God one more time for his word. Glory to God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The Bible is the the greatest story ever told. In it contains the story of God and the story of man. It begins with a story of an infinitely, unimaginably powerful God who created an incredible and beautiful world with, with nature and trees and plants and rivers and stars and sun and moon and animals. And the greatest of his creation was a creature that would be made in his image. And he would endow him with gifts and special abilities. The greatest of these gifts is the gift of free will. The freedom to choose. The freedom to be able to choose to obey or to not. To love or to not. It was inevitable that he gave man the freedom to choose because he loves man. And in order for love to be love, it has to be given and received. And man cannot give back love unless he has the ability to freely choose to love God. And so... God gave man this wonderful gift even at the expense, at the risk of man turning his back on him. What a loving God. Amen. He is not a moral monster, but he is a loving God who gave freedom to man. This begs the old conundrum that has often been asked, is man good, capable of evil, or is man bad, capable of good? And once again, the truth, I believe, is often found somewhere in the middle. Because when Adam was first created, the first man, he was innocent. He was good. And yet, he had the capability of choosing to disobey God which is evil or sin. And thus, every human being born from Adam, which is all of us here today, uh, all of us were born in sin. We have this intrinsic nature of evil. That we are bad, therefore, we are bad with a capacity for good. So when we are born again, however... God, the Bible says, imputes righteousness, which is goodness in us, and thus we have now put on a godly or a good nature while still being capable of evil. So it's both. We are good and bad. We are good, capable of evil, and also there is an evil nature within us capable of great good. And this understanding, this simple concept that, uh, God gives to humanity. When He created Adam and Eve, He said, uh, "Choose life." He gave them the option of either obeying God, which brings life, or if you disobey, you will die. It's a very simple concept. Uh, you can have every fruit of every tree of the garden, but of the one tree, not not fifty percent of the trees, just the one tree. You cannot eat of that fruit because when you do, there's something that's going to happen. You are going to die. He, he gave man choice, but yet he made it very clear to the point. It is so clear to the point where it would be almost impossible, you would think, to sin. Because he made it so clear, you, you, you know, and most of us know this you, 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 you step in front of a train, you're gonna die. <laughs> Something's gonna happen. That's what God said. You eat of it, you're gonna die. But here's life, here's everything else. And God gave man the option. And of course, we understand the story. Sadly, the reason why we find ourselves in the situation that the world is in today is because they partook of the forbidden fruit and immediately the bible says separation came and death began he said the day that you eat of it you shall surely die when they ate of that fruit the the, the process of death began but god in his great love and his great mercy and compassion would not leave man to his fate but rather god Uh, would do something and and even though god could not violate his own law of death is a consequence of sin the bible says the wages of sin is death And, and he couldn't violate his own he can't he can't violate himself it's a law it's the law of justice that when you sin death will come and yet in this one small verse, because he couldn't violate his will, and yet he is still love. The Bible tells us in a tiny little verse, in verse chapter, chapter 3 of Genesis and verse 21, God reveals a principle that would bring salvation to his children and at the same time satisfy the law of justice. Genesis 3 and 21, the Bible says, unto Adam also and to his wife. Did the Lord God made coats of skins and clothe them? Amen. And and, you know, you remember the story, Adam and Eve sewed fig leaves upon themselves. But here God uh, said he wasn't satisfied with that, but he made for them coats of skin of skin, that that, that somehow an animal had to be killed, that an animal's blood had to be shed in order for the skin to be removed from that animal and to cover their nakedness and their shame and their sin. And when they should have died that day, Adam and Eve would live on uh, for almost a thousand years in this world. This, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, is called substitutionary atonement it means very simply that where they should have died something else died in order to satisfy the wrath of God amen and so God from the outset sets forth a pattern that would go into millennia a pattern that would remain even to this very day that even though sin equals death yet God made a way so that humanity doesn't have to die but there is a substitute there is something else or somebody else that takes the place for us amen and we read the story of course in this whole family of adam and eve this we can see that this pattern continues on in genesis chapter 4 and verse number 3 the bible tells us in the process of time Cain, the the offspring of Adam and Eve, brought the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering of the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. See, they understood what God required, what God demanded in order to satisfy the justice for sin is that blood had to be shed, a life had to be taken. You've got to understand something here today that it was God who made a way for humanity to be saved that even though man in his own will in his own choosing decided to disobey god to his own detriment and destruction yet god in his mercy and his grace made a way for mankind to be saved oh are you thankful to a God who's full of compassion and who's full of mercy and loving kindness that he wouldn't leave us to our own devices but he said to whosoever will he puts out an invitation to a lost world to a lost humanity and said come unto me all of you that are weary and heavily laden Can I talk to somebody right now that the greatest thing that you can understand, the greatest thing that you could know for your life, it's not how to make millions of dollars. It's not how to get your degree and how to make a house or a car. But the greatest thing that you could ever ask yourself is, how can I avail myself of the salvation that God has poured out upon my life? hallelujah it's the greatest question and let me tell you it's the most important issue that you've got to sort out for yourself and you've got to ask how can i be saved what must i do to be saved what is the message what is the plan of salvation hallelujah Hallelujah. glory to god the Bible tells us in Leviticus chapter 17, and again, I uh, like Brother Greg today. I'm probably gonna be more of a Bible study here this morning. But the Bible says in 17 and 11 of, of, of Leviticus that the life of the flesh is in the blood. Life is in the blood. When you shed blood, uh, it, it will be removed from you. I, I like what Charles Spurgeon said. He said, Blood, therefore, is the mysterious link between matter and spirit how is it that the soul should in any degree have an alliance with matter through blood we cannot understand but certainly it is that this is the mysterious link which unites these apparently dissimilar things together so that the soul can inhabit the body and the life can rest in the blood he's saying is that what connects your physical body with your spirit with your immaterial and brings life is this thing called blood amen that when your blood is in your body there's something called life and when blood shed from out of the body the life is removed and you are no longer alive that's why he told his children the children of israel you cannot eat blood you cannot eat animals that are strangled that still got the blood inside of its body and and he also said when the the new testament church in the book of acts when the gentiles were coming in and the jewish believers were telling them to believe they said you don't have to believe anything else except the fact that you cannot eat blood and no fornication or anything strangled because the life is in the blood Hallelujah. And the Bible says in Hebrews that almost everything is removed by the blood and without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins. And so from the outset the power of blood was established. And that day when when Cain and Abel came and brought their sacrifices and Cain was upset with his brother, you know the story, he killed his brother in the field and thinking that somehow nobody was around nobody could see it God said to him he said your brother's blood cries after me he could do you realize the blood has a voice the blood can speak he said your brother's blood is speaking to me it's got the power of a voice to speak and declare oh oh you know what you do when there's something wrong with your body right you go to the doctor and the doctor takes a little blood out of you and now they can see what's happening with your body they can see all the problems because your blood your blood is speaking to the doctor your blood is telling me oh i'm a little low in potassium oh this guy doctor he's a little low in magnesium oh he's got high blood pressure whatever it is it's got a voice but the book of hebrews The book of Hebrews declares there's a blood that speaks better things than that of the blood of Abel. There's a blood that speaks more powerful. Because the blood of Abel was crying out for justice, was crying out for vengeance. But the Lord Jesus Christ shed his blood and it speaks better things than vengeance and justice. It speaks of mercy. It speaks of love. It speaks of compassion oh hallelujah and i've come to tell you that blood that speaks and declares words over your life it's powerful it's available it's for your life oh hallelujah glory to god the blood that shed is a life that's given and so from all throughout the old testament from the very beginning god established a pattern by which to to do away with sin, by which to deal with sin. Sin is the destroyer of humanity. Sin is what what causes uh, the problems in this world. It is sin, and God has made a way for sin to be dealt with. It's through blood. And so you know the story throughout all of the history of the children of Israel. God instituted the sacrificial atonement, the substitution that the animals that were innocent would be used to shed blood to cover for their sins and and they would be doing this year after year because the blood of animals is not sufficient to remove sins forever it can only push it back another year a little bit like your credit card debt you know i'll pay it next month i keep pushing it back and and pushing it back and because the blood of bulls and goats the bible says is not sufficient to, to remove our sins why because they're animals they're not human beings and so god looked around and said i want to deal with sin once and for all and he looked around the world and there was no man no woman that was good enough that was righteous because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of god and so god said i'll come myself and in the fullness of time a young woman by the name of mary was found with child of the holy ghost and that which was conceived in her will be called emmanuel oh hallelujah the god with us oh thank you jesus this is this is our doctrine (laughs) hallelujah god needed a body he needed blood he needed blood in order to be shed and the bible tells us in the book of romans that by one man's disobedience it had a profound effect one man's disobedience means that all of the people that have ever lived since adam until now with over seven billion people that we are tainted with the dna of sin we've got sin in our lives and we are we are destined destined for destruction destined for doom every single one of us has been tainted with sin and so god himself had to come where there was no sin in his body and if one man's sin if one man's sin means that all of us are tainted with sin we are born in sin the bible says and shaped in iniquity that is a powerful consequence don't think that your one life doesn't mean much can I talk to somebody don't don't think that that you're one solitary life you may not feel like you've, you've got very much influence that you've gotten much clout in your home in your school in your church but I cannot tell you the life of one person has a profound significance and value in the eyes of God that this one life it doesn't matter the background it doesn't matter your life before but when you come to God and put your life in the hands of God I'm telling you God God can do something with that life he can have a profound effect on your community on your world hallelujah it says with one man's disobedience it says many are defiled every single one of us then what will happen with the life of one man who was perfect and sin not who didn't deserve to die because if if sin equals death and there was no sin in him then he should still be alive today and yet he died the bible tells us 2000 years ago he was nailed to a cross he shed his blood, a blood that should still be flowing right now. And that was shed. And if that one death, one, one death of a righteous man, the Bible says that many are saved, that many are blessed. Can I tell you, because Jesus shed his blood for you and I, it means that we have an opportunity to have all of the power associated with what the blood of jesus it means that when we come to god and we respond in faith and are born again we have available to us everything reserved for the perfect man oh come on somebody what would life have been like in the garden of eden when paradise was paradise and adam was perfect and eve was perfect that had everything going on what would that be like well let me tell you when you come to god and you are born again of water and the spirit into the kingdom i'm telling you god will give you power to overcome i don't know i don't know what adam looked like he might have had abs not flabs like me they wouldn't have no 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 blemishes no pimples everything was good everything was symmetrical proportioned god created him perfect amen and plus there was no sin the process of degradation and death was no longer there and so the blood of jesus shed for us gives us the ability to now also be restored as it were into this original paradise state that's why when you are born again you begin a process of sanctification of change because you're going now to resemble the image that god had designed mankind to be praise god you see the blood being put on the doorposts of israel and he said when the death angel comes and he sees the blood it will pass over you and you shall live and jesus christ becomes our passover lamb that when the death angel comes it's going to pass over and we're going to live for eternity oh there's no greater security and so here's the gospel the gospel is the death of jesus christ on the cross the burial and the resurrection this is the doctrine we preach but the bible says we are saved by grace it's the grace of god that saves us the reason why we're here today is because of god's grace the reason why we can even be saved is because of the grace of god in the book of romans it tells us but it's we are saved by grace through faith and here's where so much of the Christian world falls and fails falls short is that we are purely saved by grace alone grace alone would mean that everybody should be saved including all the evil doers including those that don't even want to follow Jesus the, the murderers and the rapists and the and the drug dealers and the criminals and the mass murderers and the serial killers they're all going to go to heaven if it we're saved by grace no because remember it's got to be grace through faith why because of if because we still have free will Because God will not make you to be saved. He will not force you to follow him. But he has made a way. Grace has afforded us the opportunity for us to be saved. Amen. So those who would say grace alone or those who would even just say faith alone. It's just faith. You just got to believe. Well, again, that's not biblical. We are saved by grace through faith. But remember what James said. Faith without works is what? it's dead and so the grace of god his salvation must be appropriated in the individual's life we are not just human beings walking around saved by grace by default a person has to choose they've got to apply the grace of god in their lives okay so here's a bible study stay with me i I, have got 10 minutes and i promise i I won't promise actually (laughs) we got a few minutes so we have to be saved by the blood of jesus christ it says to us in the book of acts that by his own blood he has saved us he has purchased the church by his own blood amen first peter chapter chapter 1 verse 18 it says for as much as you know not that you were not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold from your vain conversations received by the tradition from your fathers but with the precious blood of christ the shed blood means that god through his human form through the son jesus christ became our substitute where we should die in hell forever jesus took our place he paid the penalty of somebody who shouldn't have died but because he took upon him the the sins of the world and here in acts 20 and 28 it says take heed, therefore to yourselves and to all the flock over which the holy ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of god which he has purchased watch this with his own blood well hang on a minute i thought god was a spirit I thought God was invisible. Where did God get his blood from? God got his blood when he manifested himself in flesh. According to John chapter 1, the word God was manifest in flesh. God so loved the world, the Bible says, that he gave. And so in that humanity, in that flesh, he shed his blood. And that blood is what gives us forgiveness and remission of sins turn with me in luke chapter 24 verse 47 the greatest thing that can happen to you today is to have your sins remitted washed away in 24 47 he says and the repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning in Jerusalem he said that remission repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name so remission of sins the removal of your sins comes through repentance and in the name of Jesus and then in verse of uh, Matthew chapter 26 verse 28 It says this luke says that remission of sins comes with repentance in the name of jesus matthew 26 and 28 it says this for this is my blood of the new testament which is shed for you what for for the remission of sins and here's where we rightly divide the word we don't just take one isolated scripture and and form a doctrine out of that but we take the whole word it says it luke said to us that remission comes through his name but now mark is saying to us that remission comes through his blood okay now now here's the application acts chapter 2 you should all be able to quote this verse 38 then peter said to them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name there's the name of jesus christ for the remission of sins so luke said remission comes in the name and then he also says in acts 2 38 remission comes in baptism in the name of jesus christ and mark tells us remission comes through the blood of jesus so folks where is the blood where do we see the blood of jesus when we repent and we get baptized we don't see any blood in there we don't see any blood coming down the walls. Remember those horror films of the 80s, blood coming down? We don't see, you know, like the shining coming through the corridors, this, like a whole river. I submit to you that the blood is associated with the name. That when you get baptized in Jesus' name, When you call upon the name of Jesus, you don't see a physical blood being released, but when you speak the name of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus that was shed 2,000 years ago removes your sins forever hallelujah that's why we can take authority over demons and in the name of jesus demons got to go you can pray for your mcdonald's and in the name of jesus it's going to be sanctified i don't know about the calories but whatever we do we don't do all in the name of jesus acts 4 12 there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I know we, we emphasize so much of baptism because it's something that we see physically. We can see somebody getting baptized. You say, well, what about repentance? Can I tell you, repentance and faith is just as important as baptism. You've got to repent of your sins. And repentance is something that nobody necessarily sees. It's something that happens within you between you and god and so that's not as visible when we have a baptism sunday today it's not because it's just baptism alone all of it counts we're saved by grace we're saved by faith we're saved by by, by repentance we're saved by baptism we're saved by the holy ghost there, there are some churches that just wants to take one of them and say "Oh, you ought to do this and there are some people that say the baptism is not necessary for salvation that somehow it's just an ordinance of god well well, if it's not necessary why do it so you can get baptized but you don't get baptized you can get baptized you don't get well and then they would argue this well it's it's for the purpose of sanctification you are already saved and then you get baptized why because god's telling you to well if you disobey that then it's still salvation isn't it if you disobey god's word then you're lost here's what mark 16 16 says he that believes and is baptized we're we're not just isolating one thing all of it here's our doctrine all of it is necessary you need to have faith he that believes and is baptized shall be saved and then it says he that believes not shall be damned And, and you know a lot of people say oh that's that's an aha moment right there it doesn't say he that believes not and is not baptized shall be damned no it, it that's not what it means it's emphasizing the fact that you've got to have faith because anybody if you jump in the water and you don't believe then then you're just taking a bath <laughs> we'll give you a soap here you go here a loofer just scrub <laughs> no all of it is necessary it's like that old analogy you know that you're on a, a guy's drowning drowning out at sea and there's a guy in the boat who wants to save him and he's got a a life preserve that's attached to a boat remember seven steps of salvation so he throws the life preserve to the to the guy that's drowning out of sea the guy has to grab the life preserve and and the guy on the boat pulls him in and lifts him up and so it's like say if you're just saying you're just saved by grace you it's just like saying you're just saved by the boat well what about the life preserve what about the rope what about the guy himself who's drowning who has to grab a hold of the life preserve if he didn't grab a hold of it he wouldn't be able to pull him into salvation but can i tell you in this scenario in this analogy simple as it is all of those components are necessary for salvation (laughs) repentance is necessary faith is necessary and all of that is an act of faith Baptism is an act of; it's a response of faith, but it all comes through His grace. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. And when you are buried with Him in baptism, here's what well, First uh, First Peter chapter three: What does the Bible says? Grab for us First Peter chapter three. Uh, here, here, I want you to understand that salvation comes through all of it. Hallelujah! I, I've got to come to a close. This is what we teach in our life studies. This is what we teach in our new life classes. You want to know more about this? Please join in with us. We're saved by grace, by faith, by repentance. We're also saved by confession. Confession, the Bible says, with the mouth, confession is made And That means if you want to be saved, you simply confess to God. Confession acknowledges that you're a sinner, that you've sinned. And repentance is simply changing your mind. Lord, I, I've walked all of this direction my whole life. It's about me, it's about satisfying this flesh. Now I'm repenting, I'm turning, and I'm following you. And when I follow you, I'm walking in your direction. And the Bible tells us, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20, which sometimes we're disobedient. When once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. It doesn't say they were saved by the ark. This is this revelation, folks. I thought it was the ark that saved them. No, it says they were saved by water, only eight of them and because the water is what destroyed the wickedness of the world verse 21 watch this it says the like figure the same way the same analogy even baptism does also now save us it's not just an ordinance now listen there's nothing magical about the water it's simply your obedience to the word of god that makes it effective that gives it validity and effect but it says the baptism does also not now save us it's not having a bath that's what he's saying it's not washing your body but it's having a good conscience towards god by the resurrection of jesus christ don't tell me baptism doesn't say if it doesn't save it's just an option then let's just forget about it no jesus said to nicodemus except a man is born again of water and the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of god hallelujah oh, i've got to finish musicians come amen and here's the wonderful thing we can become new creatures romans chapter 6 says that we are buried with him and baptism. know you not that as many of you as were baptized were baptized into his death the power of the death of christ becomes effective when you come into baptism that every sin that you've committed every kind of curse every kind of vice every kind of habit does not have to stay with you you can be set free and when you come up out of the water just as jesus walked out of the tomb after three days in a glorified body when you come up out of the water you walk in a new Yes you walk in the resurrection power Oh hallelujah that's why when you've been baptized, it doesn't matter if you've been in church 20 years or 20 hours. When you've been baptized and the devil comes to you in your nightmare, you can wake up out of that bed and say, In the name of Jesus, that devil's got to go. You can talk to the curse. Why? The blood speaks. The blood speaks better things than that of Abel. It can declare over you victory. It can declare over you power. Power. he says not only is your sins washed away but you receive the gift of the holy ghost i hear folks telling me all the time oh do i have to get baptized do i have to get the holy ghost have to you get to get baptized you get to have the spirit of almighty god and remember in the book of acts whenever they got the holy ghost there was a sign there was an outward sign to tell them. How did, they know, how did they know the Gentiles, Cornelius and all his house got the Holy Ghost? For they heard them speak in tongues. You need the Holy Ghost to be saved. Again, that's another essential for salvation. When you get the Holy Ghost, this spirit that was dead, dead in sin, now comes alive that a a drug addict for many years can be set free from those things that a person who is depressed can be delivered and set free from their depression a person that is struggling with with issues of life and with with all kinds of vices and addictions can be set free and then finally here's the final step for salvation you need to endure he that endures to the end Shall be saved. I, I think I'll just stick with the endurance part. And, no, all of it. This is the beauty about this church. This is why I love this church. I, I wasn't. I didn't grow up in this church. I wasn't born in this. But when I saw that they rightly divided the word, that all of it was essential, all of it was necessary, and that's exactly what the disciples did. They preached the gospel so much they preached this doctrine so much that it filled their entire city and they just kept declaring the name of jesus and they the priest said you dare to put this man's blood in our hands i said oh there's only there's only two options that you have with the blood of jesus either our sins are responsible for bringing him to the cross and we are guilty or when you come to him his blood will cleanse you of all your sins we've got to fill this city with his doctrine with his name with his blood you've got to fill your community your home your school your come on fill social media with our doctrine you read the verses before that the verses before that there were so many miracles i'm sorry it's taking so long but but god was healing they were putting people in peter's shadow and the shadow of peter was healing people everybody in the city was getting healed but all of that healing meant nothing unless they could preach the gospel of the kingdom of god unless they could preach salvation Because thank God if He kills you you of cancer, but what good is that if you live another 20 years and yet you spend eternity in hell? This is the doctrine we preach. It is clear, it is simple, it is emphatic, and we need to fill this world. Would you stand to your feet right now? I don't know who's here today, but perhaps you've not made yourself right with God, you've not been, you've not repented of your sin i want you to know today is your opportunity right now god sent me here to speak to you you had an opportunity to repent and to be baptized it's unnecessary you can't go to heaven without it and you have an opportunity to say well i've repented i've been baptized but i don't have the holy spirit you can receive the holy spirit today or maybe you have done all of that you're enduring you're here today thank god but now the other component of that is we got to fill up our city we can't just sit here and wait for heaven to take us we've got to go out and preach the gospel the message of our doctrine is very simple it's very clear oh i wish i had more time but right now would you lift your hands would you lift your voices in the name of jesus father we come before you today thank you lord that we can feel something in this place we can feel touching our hearts a, a spirit a force a power that is none other than your holy spirit lord god today we want to receive your forgiveness and this salvation for shedding your blood lord help us to respond in faith for the death on the cross forgiving of your life we can now receive life as we appropriate as we apply the gospel of salvation to our lives today through our repentance through our faith believing and through responding in obedience to being born again of water being being baptized in water in the name that is above every name oh hallelujah in the name of jesus in the name of jesus i've got to stop but god is just doing a work in your life and if god is speaking to you right now i want to invite you to come out from your seat find a place at this altar as ministers and leaders are making their way if you want to repent of your sins simply to acknowledge God in your life why don't you come why don't you say Lord I'm making a step of faith Lord as a declaration of my repentance if you want the Holy Ghost God can fill you step out by faith right now he will fill you as you come down to this altar if you perhaps already received that and maybe you're struggling with the endurance part you're here today come and make your calling and election certain and sure hallelujah if you're here today maybe you just simply want to say god i want to fill up my city with this message i want to fill my city with the doctrine of christ with the doctrine of the gospel why don't you come oh hallelujah this altar is open Now is your opportunity to respond to his word. He calls out to you out of a heart of love and compassion to say, come to me, all of you that are weary and heavily laden. I'm going to give you rest from the souls of your, from the sin, the way your soul is so heavy, so tiresome, so burdensome. God's going to lift that from you. If you want his spirit, he can you right now open your heart and he can give you the gift of the Holy Ghost hallelujah if you'd like to be baptized why don't you come to the front right here make this decision today don't be afraid everybody's seeking God for themselves we're just one family here oh hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you oh Lord Glory to God, glory to God. the blood of Jesus is flowing right now. Bringing forgiveness, bringing healing by His stripes. We are healed. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. Oh hallelujah. Let's sing it. Oh yes. Oh yes. The blood is flowing right now with forgiveness. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Ministers and leaders come and pray for those of you. Come your love, son.